Hey guys, well, it is Wednesday and uh, I want to dive into the word with you today and I hope you had a great day yesterday. Began's making some of those garments that we talked about yesterday. I got my excited preach on, but today I want to take a different tact with you and actually I want to look at the subject of listening. Today I choose to listen. I think listening is an incredible quality, but I also know that listening is something that we actually have to work on. I don't know that we are naturally always great listeners. I think it's easy to chat and get into conversations, but it's not so easy to learn the skill of listening. You're taught, you're taught at you from the very first day that you begin to actually form words, that you're taught how to talk. We are taught how to speak, but I don't remember anyone sitting me down and teaching me how to listen. I remember being yelled at at school that I needed to listen. <laughs> I mean, I remember being told to be quiet, but just because you're being quiet does not mean that you are listening. You know, if you ever been in a conversation with one of your kids and they're really quiet and for all intents and purposes, you think that they are comprehending what you are saying, but you realize very quickly that just because they were silent did not mean that they were tuned in to what you are saying. Listening is a set skill that we have to teach ourselves on a regular basis to become a student of. And so let me start with a scripture that lets us know how important listening is. It says this in James 1 verse 19. Everyone, so there's no exception here, it's not like a certain type of personality that are good listeners. It's not like there's a few people that are better at it than others. All of us are supposed to learn this skill. So everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. That's James 1 verse 19. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. I actually think those three things are connected, right? That actually when you are quick to listen, you actually find yourself having less need to speak so quickly. And when you speak less, you actually get angry less, right? Because often it's the amount of words that build up the amount of frustration that lead to things being said that did need to be said. The Bible also says even the fool seems wise when he keeps his mouth shut, right? So there's something to be said for the ability to slow down our speech and increase our ability to listen. Have you ever um, yelled your kids like up, up from the top floor of the house or from the garden or they're across the hall from you and you shout to them to get their attention? Now, you know the house is not that big and you know the yard is not that long that they could not hear you. You know they heard you, but they don't respond. You know that you're making a noise. You know the noise has gone into their vicinity, but there's no response. Why? Because they're not listening to you in the way that you want them to listen to you. And we get so frustrated in those moments with our children. But how about if we apply that to our own life? How often are we guilty of the same thing? How often is God maybe trying to say something to us and we know he's trying to say something to us and we know exactly what he's trying to say to us, but we choose not to listen by choosing not to respond. Our response is connected to our ability and our willingness 
to listen. And so today, I wonder if the truth is that God is speaking to you. And rather than say, oh, God's not speaking to me, maybe the actual truth of that is, no, you're choosing not to listen. <laughs> maybe you don't like what God's saying to you at the moment. Maybe you don't like that you're saying you need to change your attitude. Maybe you don't like that I'm saying you need to slow down your ability to speak and increase your quickness to listen. Maybe you don't like this message, but it's not that you're not hearing it. It's just that you're choosing not to be someone that is listening and leaning in and actually becoming a doer of the word. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to be a hearer and a doer of the word. But the truth is you can't be a doer until you become a hearer, right? You have to hear, you have to listen, you have to lean in. Let's be those people that work on our listening. You know, I was talking with my uh, bestie across the ocean, uh, Natalie Grant, the other day. And by the way, I don't know what day this is, but yesterday, I think a new uh, podcast came out. If you've been watching, or uh, watching, you can't watch podcasts. See, that's how much I know. <laughs> If you've been listening to our podcast, I think it's our second one came out yesterday. But you know, I was chatting to her on one of those and she said something really beautiful, actually. She said, one of the things that I've learned in this season of lockdown, she says, I've learned that I actually need to be better at listening to my kids. She said, I'm so quick to always move them on, cheer them up, you know, make lemonade out of lemons. She said, I've just realized sometimes they don't want me to make lemonade. They just want me to listen. And it's okay sometimes times to not have all of the answers. And I thought to myself, what a beautiful lesson that is for all of us, that actually that's the thing that we love, right, about God. We love the fact that he hears us, that he lets us kind of let out our lament to him. He listens to the cries of our heart. He doesn't tell us he wants us to shut up and be quiet. He tells us that he bottles our tears. That's the God that we love because of his compassion and he's listening and he's leaning in, even though he has all the answers answers, even though he knows that it's all going to be okay, he still listens. You know, when, when they were crying over Lazarus that had died, you know, the sisters were, were crying. Jesus cried with them that Lazarus was dead, but he knew he was going to resurrect him a few moments later. I think that illustrates yet again, just Jesus in that moment, he didn't tell them, I'm going to resurrect him. So calm down. In that moment, he just entered into the moment that they needed him to be in so that he felt that they they felt that he had heard them and he was listening to their cry and actually he was grieving alongside them i love the example of that so many times jesus models to us how to be a good listener even though he had the words of life even though he knew the answers he still took time to listen he listened to the disciples as they would quarrel and argue he listened to them as they would come up with all kinds of plans and suggestions he listened to those that were around him teaching him when it was not his time to become teacher. Jesus was a listener and that's why we can take this verse and begin to apply it to our lives and as we do see more of Christ magnified in our lives. So where is there a problem in your listening? Are you choosing in some areas to not listen on purpose? Just like when you ask the kids to unstart the dishwasher or you call your husband and say, you need a hand in the kitchen. Amazing, he couldn't hear you. But when you say dinner's ready, the kids appear, right? Does that happen in your household too? <laughs> it's called selective 
listening. Maybe you are a selective listener today. You only want to listen to what you want to listen to and when you want to listen to it. And I think if that's us, then we have to challenge ourselves. No, there are some things I need to listen to because they're going to be beneficial to me when I hear them. Maybe you have become kind of a lazy listener. Maybe you are one of those people who, you know, when someone's talking and you're listening, but you kind of catch every five or six words. And then in your mind, you've already decided the outcome of the conversation. So you kind of, kind of check out. Maybe you become lazy in your listening. You know, there's a story in the Bible. There's a fascinating story, actually. It's in 1 Samuel. And in 1 Samuel uh, verse chapter 3, it talks about how the Lord begins to call for the call Samuel. And Samuel is laying down in the house of the Lord, and Eli is also sleeping. He's sleeping in his bed, and the Lord begins to call. And as he begins to call, Samuel is listening and he can hear a voice. He thinks it's Eli. So he keeps running into Eli's room, waking Eli up, the older servant of God, and saying, I'm here. And Eli's like, I didn't call for you. Eli can't hear the voice. Eli is not listening and hearing the voice. But Samuel goes and lays back down and he does this time after time and the voice again calls and he goes to Eli again. And Eli says, I didn't call you. I think five times this happens. And then eventually Eli realizes, wow, you are hearing a voice that I am no longer hearing, that God is calling and I didn't listen. I didn't hear it. I was asleep, but you are alert and you have heard it. So this is what Eli says to him in verse uh, eight, it says, then Eli realized that the Lord was calling. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I love that. He's like, go lie back down and let God know that you are ready to listen. I wonder how many of us need to go to that place with God and say, speak, Lord, because I put my iPhone down. Speak, Lord, because I took all the distractions away. Speak, Lord, because I'm not going to be selective today in what I choose to hear. Speak, Lord, because I, your servant, are listening. I wonder what we would hear if we created some space to listen. I wonder if you're one of those people who jump into the conversation before the conversation is even kind of ready for you to jump in. Are you, how long does it take? If you were to time yourself, if I was talking to you, how long would it take before you jump into the conversation? How long would it be a minute? Would it be 10 seconds? How is it sometimes that we are so hasty to speak? We're so hasty to say what we want to say. But in doing that, what happens is the person that was speaking feels, what's the point? You know, you want to tell your side, you want to get your point across more than you want to listen to mine. And I think sometimes we do damage in our marriage. We do damage with our children. We can do damage with the people around us. If we become known as someone that's more interested in what they have to say than actually listening to what someone else has to say. So today, where is this an issue for us all to address? All of us can become better listeners. All of us can grow in this area. Where do you need to be quick to listen and slow 
to speak. I don't know if that for you is in your marriage. Maybe today you're going to create a space and you're going to sit down with your husband, with your wife, and you're going to say, hey, I want you to tell me all about your day. And then you're going to listen and you're not going to jump in and you're not going to begin to have a conversation. I remember when Steve and I first started working together, boy, did we have to learn this lesson so fast because we suddenly realized that actually we both were trying to do something. We're both trying to move forward. But unless we listened to one another, we were going to do more damage than good. And I had to at times sit and bite my tongue because I had something to say, but I needed, first of all, to show an ability and a willingness and a humility to listen. And listen, not until I got my chance to talk, because there's listening with a clock ticking, saying, okay, well, when you're done, I'm going to say what I want to say anyway. No, that's not listening. I had to start to learn to listen to the tone of my husband, to listen to the ache inside his heart that was deeper than the words he was saying, to listen to how he was feeling and listen to how he was thinking. And then when I was slow to speak, what I actually ended up saying was more wisdom into his world than it was comment or criticism. It was more building up of what we were doing together than it was breaking it down. Listening becomes your best friend. And actually, it's a very attractive quality in someone. What about with our kids? Where do we need to actually become the listener? I know we tell them how to do their schoolwork. I know we're telling them things that they need to know for their future. But where do we need to maybe stop trying to make lemonade, like my friend said, and just sit down and listen to what they find hard. Listen to how they think. Listen to how they feel. Not be in such a rush to go. It's so easy, isn't it? to be listening while you're doing something. You know, oftentimes in our kitchen, my daughter will say, mama, you're listening. And I'll be like, yes, babe. And then I'll realize what she's saying is, I don't know that you're listening because while I'm talking, you're doing five other things. You're making dinner, you're laying the table. And what she wants is not just for you to say, yes, you are listening, but to give eye contact, to sit in a space where actually that is the main thing that you are in that moment to do. We've all got work to do. Maybe you feel like no one listens to you. Well, the way that you begin to get that listening in your life is begin to model it. I'm telling you, when you're a great listener, you're going to find that people want to listen to what you have to say. Or maybe just like we read with Samuel and Eli, maybe for you, you need to go back to that place with God and say, speak, Lord, because this time I am listening. Whether I like it, whether it's comfortable, whether it's challenging, I want to be one that listens. So today, let's all take a moment to slow down our speech and let's all take a moment to increase our ability and our quickness to listen. I wonder what we're going to hear differently this week because we're choosing to be quicker to listen than we are to speak. I know it's a challenge for us that like words, but it's a good challenge for us all to do. So happy today choosing to listen.